A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed. Now, it's time for Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. That's right, my friends. It's time for another edition of Spotlight Star Wars. Usually, mostly a monologue from me to you, Star Wars fan to Star Wars fan. But we had so much fun that last time out with Lauren Romo of the Galactic 
uh, broadcast there, the Galactic Podcast, talking about uh, her experiences at Star Wars Celebration in 2019, which was her first celebration, and then what she thinks going in. We, we provided some, what I hope are some helpful tips for first-time Star Wars Celebration or just even first-time convention goers. And in that spirit, we wanted to talk about a great event that is happening at Star Wars Celebration and then bring in the people behind it. Every once in a while, I might make a reference to this wonderful production that's had a wonderful uh, at times uh, 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 toward history. I'm kidding. We'll get the whole story there. No, it's been this wonderful, wonderful uh, project that's been around, like I said, for over 20 years now called uh, the Star Wars Trilogy in 30. At one point, when I saw it, called the Star Wars Trilogy in 60. And we're going to get a little bit bit, uh, behind that story as well. But they are reuniting. It's a big deal. 20 years after the first performance at Star Wars Celebrations in 2002, they are going to be performing Star Wars Celebration Anaheim in 2022, Friday night, 6 p.m. on the fan stage. Please welcome two of the creative forces behind it and one uh, person that doesn't really realize that by casting the other person in the production led to him and I being friends. So... It is Patrick T. Gorman and returning to Force Center, Mark Riley. Gentlemen, welcome back to the show and welcome to the show, Patrick. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Good to be back, Ken. Hello, everybody at Force Center. <laughs> it's good to have you here. And uh, one of the reasons I want to do the show, number one, I just, I love the show. I haven't seen the uh, Star Wars uh, trilogy in, uh, or Star Wars in 60 uh, myself. And that was the first night I officially actually met this Mark Riley guy that my friend uh, Christian Harloff had always been saying, oh, you should meet Mark. That was yeah. the night I met him. So we're going uh, to go talk to the history of it. And and one of the reasons I wanted to is some of our Force Center listeners saw a tweet from Mark Riley because, of course, they follow him. And they were like, uh, hey, hey, Ken, what is this thing? <laughs> so, Patrick, we're going to start with you. What is this thing? <laughs> um, well, it's a, it's a goofy play we came up with in 1995 when we were students at USC mm. in the theater program, not the much more esteemed uh, film program. And so we uh, were, the previous summer, myself and some friends had done the 15-minute Hamlet, which was a Tom Stopper play, which reduced Hamlet down to 15 minutes. And I was part of a class where you could sort of uh, do productions, redirect and stuff like that. But usually there wasn't something that was generated by students or written by mm-hmm. students. And I had this idea that I just done 15 minute Hamlet. What is America's Hamlet? And uh, that's clearly Star Wars. Um, yes. All the father issues, ghosts, the whole, whole shebang. Okay. Hamlet is Star Wars. Actually, Star Wars is much better than Hamlet. We got spaceships and all that junk. Yeah. Um, but we did it there as sort of like a joke because I grew up as a dorky kid in Nebraska loving, you know, Star Wars beyond belief. It's not like it is now where everybody sort of knows Star Wars and likes Star Wars. Back yeah. then, it was uh, a deeply uncool thing that, uh, especially in Nebraska, <laughs> where everything was about football and hyper masculinity. And I was a dorky Star Wars kid. Um, so I wrote this thing uh, and uh, everybody in the class was excited to do it. And we, we still have one the, the original Princess Leia we had in it then is the princess Leia we still have now who's just fantastic Maya Peters um has been like the beating heart of the show for the past you know billion years that we've been doing it and uh it's just been this sort of fun weird thing that's continued to grow 
well after it should have. I mean, it was just because it's basically 10, 11 people running around on stage pretending to be Han, Luke and Leia. I pretend to be Yoda and jump around on my knees and put my hands by my ears uh, and create little hand ears out of it. (laughs) And we have like wiffle sabers. We have X-wing fighters that are flipped over, you know, chairs over people's heads with little flashlights. It's basically the the idea is like everything you did as a kid Mm. playing Star Wars. Mm -hmm. But mm-hmm. seeing people who are not kids doing it in the goofiest of ways and, and not taking, you know, I mean, we're, we're not taking we aren't adding anything. It's the dialogue is all there unless we mess it up. Um, and it's the straight up original trilogy. And then when you saw us, we did, you know, um, the prequels. And we're hoping, you know, in the future that we do, you know, the saga in 90. You know, we, we've already started some work on that. And uh, then we can throw in all kinds of other stuff. Because when you saw the 60, we even threw in the holiday special, which was which was good fun to be uh, to be lumpy. That was the, the, the highlight of my career. <laughs> it doesn't get any better. This is a wonderful story because, uh, yeah, you're talking about uh, something that, you know, I want to say it was started as a joke, but just like of a hey, a big what if, and what if we do this fun thing, and what do we, and and here 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 it is, twenty five plus years later, or ish, you know, we can fudge the time. Um, it's still a part of you, and that speaks to the power of Star Wars, but also to uh, your own cre- creativity. And I, I just love hearing that part of that story too. It's it was there, and it's still there for good reason. Well, thank you, thank you. We we got lucky. We had a professor who who didn't know much about Star Wars. This really old Obi Wan, but more crotchety, and probably would be canceled several times over in this era, <laughs> and rightfully so. Um, but uh, you know, he 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 saw something special in it. And then we were able to talk to um, George Lucas's professor over at the School of Cinema, who then vouched for us to Lucasfilm, and then we got to take it to Edinburgh, and then it's just continued on in this weird form where we get me and my friends get to goof around every few years yeah and there's uh, some fun things i want to talk about during a lot of this uh, era we're jumping around a bit but a little bit later on you add uh, this uh, young upstart screenwriter uh usc film student a big bright future uh named mark <laughs> riley he joins the cast uh, mark i want to jump to you when did you first find out and how did you get involved and the patrick i want to hear from you why you decided eh, this kid's all right yeah, yeah, Patrick. Patrick, I've told you this story. I, you don't remember as as well as me, but I was a freshman when I saw it originally at USC, and I was insanely jealous of every single member on the stage. And I went, "How in the hell did I miss this? This is my this is my thing, Star Wars. I need to be a part of it." Alas, I couldn't be a part of it. It was it was something that missed me because it was all experimentals. It was, it was uh, people older, uh, seniors, whatnot. And I went about my way, and I did the. And I graduated USC, but it was in 2001 that one of the alumni um, from the original play, Joe Town, was taking it to Edinburgh again years later, um, and we were going to stop off in Paris. And so, as part of the alumni, I joined the production. And then joined the as the emperor, and I did a run over, over there. Fell in love with it. I was so happy to be a part of it. And then Patrick, I heard that you guys were asked by Lucasfilm to do it at Celebrations Two for oh. Attack of the Clones, and I went. Now is my chance. I kind of <laughs> know Patrick. I got your number from Joe Town, and I called you, and I left a message, and I said I will do anything to be a part of this. I will be an Ewok if you need a tree on Endor. I will be that. I will do whatever it takes. And you're like, yeah, sure, show up. Just come on by. 
It's the way I remember it. And you didn't have an Obi-Wan at the time. And so I just said, oh, I can read it. And then you looked at me and went, yeah, you're Obi-Wan. And that's, I've been there ever since. That was Yeah, it was a great read too. Like you immediately had Obi-Wan and it was just fantastic. And then I think you're the one that sort of merged uh, Obi-Wan and Emperor into one. Yeah, uh, which yeah, one of the fun things. When... We've gotten so lucky with, you know, talent like this coming in because mark mark does some hilarious things that you know weren't part of my original writing or directing you know right. he just he, he took some <laughs> leaps there that i that i dig the hell out of and and Thank and that's you. the fun of the show it's just like again we've gotten very lucky with a very talented like all along a very talented cast that you know will challenge me on things or suggest things and and if it works it works mm, and yeah. uh mark was one of those ones where i was like oh this is great and at the same time we had um Lee Goodoff was brought in in the same situation as he's our current 3PO. She was brought in from another friend. It's like, yeah, come on, be part of it. And then these two have been with the show, you know, since 2002, like no stopping. It's And it's great because, again, it's 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 rare to have people that are this talented but are just quality human beings because usually we're all garbage. Um, but, in this uh, town, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know, Patrick. I mean, I did blatantly rip off your Yoda ears to use for my own impression during the we- Schmoes No era. <laughs> <laughs> yes, with, with with a sort of blessing. So, you know, fair play to you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, right. it was it was one of those things, though. Ken right. knows when we were a part of that Schmoes No crew and we did the, yeah. the impressions and I was doing Yoda, it just instinctively happened because of my years in the play. Yeah. And I went, I'm going to have to call Patrick and just told, tell him I just completely ripped off his, yeah. his, his bit. If, if you're an old school Schmoes fan, there's somebody still out there. Uh, that's where Mark Yodi Riley comes from him doing that. And uh, uh, there it is yeah, the guest uh, getting the name wrong. Um, yeah. I do want to go to a little bit to the creative process. And I know this starts with you, Patrick and Mark, you come on a little bit later. And actually first uh, I want to do well, Patrick, when you, when you take a first look at this, this kid doing Palpatine, you know, did you connect with the evilness inside Riley or what was it? <laughs> yeah, I could see that. Well, and that's why we have him do both Obi-Wan and Palpatine sort of even it out. Yeah. You know? But again, that, in, uh, in either uh, in, in both uh, practices. So exactly. And his Palpatine is so great because again, when we did the 60 and did the prequels, I mean, the, the, the prequels are all about Palpatine. He's the one yeah. driving force in those things. Yeah. And, and nobody chose scenery better than Mark Riley. And uh, he made certain choices that absolutely killed. And, it, and again, was the driving engine of that whole, that whole set of the, of the yeah. 60, because again, Palpatine's the only one really kind of doing anything. Yeah. He has layers, man. in those uh, prequels oh. layer upon layer That's of crazy. ultimate power yes. <laughs> yeah the, the unlimited power I, I do kind of remember that beat in the show that's amazing love it but yeah to go back to the beginning and I, I know you come up uh, upon the process a little bit later mark but as i'm, I'm hearing patrick descri- describe it as as uh, you know a writer and director it is about kind of releasing the property and, and allowing other voices coming in and, and just asking those big hey why not and what if kind of questions that are important to creativity when you're sitting down with this great idea patrick and something you know and love so much star wars to get it down to 30 minutes, that's a great gimmick. That's a great thing. But that's that can't be easy because you're leaving some beautiful moments maybe on the cutting room floor or trying to squish it um, all together. How did you pick the right moments and find the essence of all the scenes? Take me through some of that process. Well, I think the process at the time was just, uh, again, continuing to whittle it down. Mm-hmm. And seeing what we could do and play with. Because there's certain things that we just felt like, okay, we can't do that. We have to go back and forth. What things we want to hit, you know, like things that they repeat yeah. a lot. We wanted to make sure, you know, like Hana was saying sister or, you know, I have a bad feeling about this. You know, like recurring motifs that go throughout the show that are like fun that we can then play with and do things with. But overall, we wanted the story also to be 
there for anybody who hasn't seen Star Wars, that they would get enough of it um, with what we cut it down to that they could sort of add up what the essential story of the whole thing was, even if they weren't sci-fi fans. And we've had we've had a fair amount of people throughout the years when we did Edinburgh, uh, when we did it here, we had when we did it at the Coronet, we had Fran Drescher come one night with her boyfriend who was really That's into right. Star Wars. And she was laughing through the whole thing and didn't know anything about Star Wars. So right. if because uh, you, you you might notice her laugh in an audience for some reason <laughs> or other. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it came down to what sort of made sense. And, and the thing is now, I don't know that I would do the same thing I did back then, or maybe make some mm. of the same choices I did. And I've mm. been looking at it this time around just going, Oh, that's interesting. You know, cause it's like, I, I'm like a whole different person cause I was a kid then. And I'm definitely yeah. not a kid now. And it is uh, sort of amazing to go, Oh yeah, that actually works. I guess I was sort of smart once in my life. And that sort of makes sense. And I understand why I didn't have like an extensive, you know, yeah. add at, battle scene you know which i've all sort of noticed it's not there but it's just i didn't have a way to do it but it's right. not needed the way that we've done it you know it's sort of smooth and for some reason kind of works yeah. um but uh yeah it's 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 one of those things that when you're a kid in college and there's really no pressure with it i mean there was pressure yeah. i put on myself mm -hmm. you know it was able to be this sort of free fun thing and i was about ready to kill the whole thing like a couple of weeks before it went up because it just felt like it wasn't working um it just Thank God like you there's didn't. no way yeah and maya our heart <laughs> of the show our princess leia you know said no it's uh um you know it's one of those things where we got to do it we, we put this one in trust me it's good and yeah. we did and then it just built into this thing you know and and uh again it, it, it's so weird because again there's ways when i'm doing yoda so much of this is just because back when i was a kid the vhs thing was just starting yeah. And um, you lived Star Wars in a whole different way than kids do now. You know, it was the yeah. books and I had a record, which was the, the not just the, there was a, the record, which wasn't the soundtrack. It was like the actual, you know, dialogue and stuff from the film. And yeah. it was like a big 33. And I listened to that over and over again. So any of my Yoda business mm -hmm. is really me hitting the same rhythm that I remember from yeah. hitting that record when I was seven or eight years old. And so, um, yeah, it's just it's a weird thing. I ha I have that record. I found it in a record uh, shop in Burbank. Uh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. Uh, I remember having it. Yep. Yeah. I forget the gentleman that does the narration. He, I I knew him because he appeared on of all things the Cosby Show as a kid. That's how oh, wow. I to <laughs> him. Uh, it's spectacular, and I love that stuff because Patrick, you've already described it a couple times as the heart of this show, Star Wars trilogy in thirty minutes and and sixty is. The way you experience Star Wars as a, as, as a kid, and you're right, it is on the playground. It is with the figures. It is boiling it down to the the essentials and what stands out. And you guys put it all together in this wonderful, tremendously fast-paced show. That is not a lie. Star Wars in 30 is not a lie. It's truth in advertising. And yeah. and it does really have that spirit of uh, a kid-like love for Star Wars, which is an important thing. It's something that I believe... Uh, as a Star Wars fan, that Star Wars might be best understood by adults, but it's most loved by kids, and that's about what's in your heart, uh, yeah. not putting obstacles in front of it. And so this is, it's a great way to approach it, and and I love what you're sharing about the creative process here. Patrick, has it ever changed the just the dialogue? I won't say some of the blocking or the cast, but the dialogue has it changed since the, the we, early inception, or even because uh, I bit. remember getting it in 2001 and then doing it with you finally in 2002 and i've been doing it since then i don't remember it changing at all other than adding the saga uh 60 
there, there's been a couple lines here and there. Like if sure. people are uh, certain characters, they've advocated like the we've added the Boba Fett. He's no good to me dead. I think was was yeah. a, a fairly recent in the past 10, 20 years. Um, and there's a couple here and there. And then there's also a couple lines here and they're taken out sometimes intentionally, sometimes not intentionally. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's still pretty much 99% what's there and what has, yeah. you know, it, I mean the, the staging and sometimes some of the jokes and the way we do certain things continues to grow. I was very lucky that um, when we did it first uh, in here in Los Angeles at USC, I directed it and then I directed it for its world premiere in Edinburgh. But then after it, we had like three extraordinary directors because I wasn't going back to Edinburgh again. It's, it's a beautiful, wonderful place. But it's like you go through that once. It, it ripped me inside <laughs> out because it was I, I wrote three plays, yeah. I performed in five and directed two. you know, like even did like Jeez. Reservoir Dogs adapted and directed. And it was just it. it yeah, it, it, it broke me. Um, but so the other directors, I did the Paris version. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. And so I got lucky with, you know, Joe Town, Howard Yates and Jason yeah. Major, these these three extraordinary guys with their own ideas and own visions. And two of them had been in it from the beginning, you know, Orlando Calrissian and R3PO. Um, and through the process, they've added so much to it that, you know, I can sort of pinpoint it's like, oh, I would like to take credit for that joke, but that's not me. That's somebody else. And same thing with our Jabba. The whole Jabba joke, which is one of the biggest laughs we have in the show, is entirely because of the guy who played it in Edinburgh, which is Michael mm -hmm. Cornaccia. He came up with the whole bit. And yeah. originally we had doing it in a class, you only have, the the only actors you have are the people who are in the class and yeah. so we had like uh, an attractive sorority gal as job of the hut and <laughs> it was just what we had and what we did and yeah. uh but when we went to edinburgh we have this comedic dynamo dynamo in uh, michael cornaccia who just killed it and it's like the biggest joke i'll have in anything and i can't even properly take credit for it yeah cornaccia is a is a is a whirlwind of yes of course uh so mark by the time you joined yes it's a well-oiled machine but there, there's uh you know obviously it's an ongoing process as patrick's explaining and 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 um what um as a star wars fan first and a fan of this what what uh what did what drew you to this project other than just jealousy apparently but uh <laughs> was it just hitting on the heart of star wars for you and that's uh that's what spoke to you uh, it's it is that heart it is that being a child again mm. even as we put in this we're put we've been putting this together now uh this new run over the past month in a whirlwind yeah and we've just been finally getting on our feet and it's like i feel i know we we make fun of ourselves patrick we're like oh you know oh we're old but then mm. I'm like jumping up and down going oh, oh my god oh my god there is this energy to it and and the reason i asked about the changes in it because it does feel like lightning in a bottle in that it is so it so encapsulates what it felt like for me as a kid playing star wars on the playground yeah. i remember cueing my friends telling them you know no no you have to say it this way and then i'm gonna be han solo and i'm gonna look back and go hey it's me and then we're gonna go get the speeder bikes over here and that feels like Star Wars trilogy in 30 minutes with Patrick and our, and our fam. Yeah. It just like you get the lightsaber. That's a wiffle ball bat. I'm throwing a carpet around my head and I'm Obi-Wan and then I'm running across stage and flipping it around and it's black and I'm going out in the audience and I'm the emperor now. And I get to pretend that I'm Obi-Wan Kenobi, one of my favorite characters of all time. So that there's that connection too. But then I get to just, find that deliciousness of the emperor and know that I love star Wars for all its layers and all its characters. So you're hitting all those moments. I mean, there's so many reasons I, mean, I can go on for hours. Yeah. It just is just so much fun. And within 
mm-hmm. as a theater major, as a as a performer, as a creator, when you hear that laugh of Star Wars fans in yeah. celebration, when they get it, when there's those little Easter eggs that even Patrick has made sure remains, um, even when the special edition with George Lucas changed it, those are the things that the Star Wars diehards, the people that love going and love Star Wars, period, will get this. This is their, this is their, I don't know, what is, uh, well, we've been making some references that we're the Beatles on the roof right now. I don't, that's, <laughs> that, that's a little too yeah, that's much. Yeah, a little too far. Too far, in. but it feels like getting on and just celebrating and, and doing well, something special. It, it's something that, I, you know, I apologize to Force Center listeners. I say this a lot. That I, I look at Star Wars and fandoms, no matter what age, no matter what era, no matter your entry point, it is a, a shared, unique experience, meaning you kind of think you're the only one experiencing it until you run into someone who's like, you love Wedge Antilles too? Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> now, and, and Patrick touched upon it. It's a little different now. We are all way more connected. Things travel, information travels a lot faster. That I get, but I still think at the core, it's that same thing. And maybe now the jokes just become shared on social media, social media. So yeah, it is, it is a little line of, you know, he's no good to me dead, all that kind of stuff. That's something that uh, watching your VHS tape alone in your room, when you're <laughs> growing up, you're like, I love that line. And then years later, you find someone else who loves it too. And I think that's the spirit of the play, having seen it myself. And that's kind of the spirit of the people in the audience watching it. They're getting that. Yeah. I, I we, we always hope so. Cause I mean, we're doing it uh, in very selfish ways where, you know, we're out there having fun. This is something we like. We think we would enjoy this if watching it. Uh, but it's always phenomenal when we hear the audience uh, go nuts about bits and pieces or we hit something exactly right or something we do slightly different, but like highlight something goofy in the trilogy yeah. um, hits right. Or even even, you know, I mean, like like Mark's saying, it's not it's not really that much of a secret. I mean, we make a big point about, you know, when Greedo goes in with Han Solo, I've I've said not only is there Greedo not shooting first, Greedo's not even raising the gun. You know, we're we're, we're making sure, you know, that it is very clear. Han shot you know it's not even a first situation Han shot Greedo didn't shoot at all and um you know I appreciate uh Mr. Lucas you know changing things around because that's the way he felt but again it's like there's one thing with special effects there's one thing they could have had Greedo shoot first back then that wasn't like a special effect because they had Han shoot him so um that's a, a different sort of moralistic choice that I think uh doesn't befit Han because that's part of Han's growth as a character that's part of his arc you know that he isn't just a straight up killer he becomes you know uh, which is what i noticed which is what i noticed doing star wars trilogy in 30 minutes and i noticed it this time when we had that beat with greedo and we all laughed and we're doing in this the play i started to track all the blocking with han as he shoots first throughout yeah you know shoots the stormtrooper first shoots this first shoots you know it is always that character and it's it's wonderful that that is present in the script with character as well, not just story. Yeah, it's a, yeah, we could go. Yeah, it's a sense of survival. Something he, he's he's had his his whole life had to have has had to have has had his whole life. Uh, I, I, I you don't want to spoil anything. I I, I just I'm going to be in the audience hoping you've added McClunky, but that's just going to be my own. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> we can do it private for privately for you over the phone. Uh, I mean, like after the show, uh, something just, we can we we can arrange something with the McClunky. <laughs> post a postscript but yeah Um, i'll get it in there somewhere as a as a sound effect i guess yeah please for me uh jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it 
Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, uh, we're not quite done yet. For those uh, listening, though, I want to remind you again, Friday night, Star Wars Celebration, 6 p.m., fan stage, Star Wars Trilogy in 30 minutes is what we're talking about, and, and you really should... Um, carve out some time to go uh, see it. I know Celebration is full of a lot of cool things you want to get to and a lot of cool things and a lot of choices. This one, again, truth and advertising. It's a quick experience, but it's a memorable one, and it's funny. <laughs> and I'm going to be swinging by. I hope you're all there. There's some great stuff around this, the history of it, the performance of it, uh, going back to the early days of Star Wars Celebration or Celebrations 1 and 2 and all that kind of stuff. And this leads up to some great moments of uh, certain people that have been in the audience of the show. I want to get to that, but I also want to go back to the beginning. We are getting ready here at Force Center for Star Wars Celebration 2022. Patrick, Mark, take me back to the first time you were at, like, 
this crazy idea of a convention for Star Wars? Gathering of fans for Star Wars? What were the early days like, Grandpa? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we, we, we first got invited to Celebrations 2 uh, yeah. by Steve Sansweet. Like, he had heard of the show, hadn't seen it. Oh, yeah, and yeah. Steve Great Sansweet is, is, is the, I mean, his place is called Rancho Obi-Wan. He is the Obi-Wan of Star Wars fandom. I mean, yeah. just the best guy on earth. And so he invited us out, and we went to C2. And it was incredible because we didn't know what it'd be like because um, obviously C1 in Denver was a, an even smaller affair. Right, yeah. But C2 felt pretty big and really cool. We knew Carrie Fisher was there and we knew like all this sort of stuff was going on. Um, but we didn't know how people would react to us. And like from moment one, which was amazing, we had lines outside the door. And then once the show started, we had more lines outside the door waiting for the next show a couple hours later. And then sometimes and what we ended up doing is like we would end up because, again, these fans waited a long time. And it stinks that, you know, we were in too small a room to play to the people that wanted to see it. We would do another show like right afterwards. All right. You, you've all waited here. You've been super cool. Just wait for 30 minutes. Uh, we'll, <laughs> let us let's do the show. Get the other people out. We'll get you in. You, you, you yep. shouldn't have to suffer because, you know, you waited and it just was the situation it was. But I mean, it, it felt very because it was Indianapolis. It felt very mm -hmm. sort of uh, it felt big, but also small in a way, which was great. It was very yeah. friendly and you could meet fans. And then when we went to Celebration 3, I mean, which was, you know, slightly bigger, but still in Indianapolis. Um, it was great because, you know, more people knew who we were. And like, there were people like my cast likes um, to, to go to the bar and drink. Um, I, I am not that guy. Um, I resemble that comment. Yeah. <laughs> and so like fans would come up and start joking with them. And then we, we have friends now to this day, like the filmmaker, Nick Simon, uh, yeah. Uh, the comics artist, uh, Tony Fleece, who's just phenomenal. If you've ever seen Stray Dogs, which came out last year, it's just one of the best, most extraordinary comics you can ever lay your hands on. Um, like those two guys were two guys from the Midwest that just were out in Indianapolis, was giving my cast crap in the bar. And then they came out here and it's lifelong friends. And there's other friends yeah. and other fans that we've met through that. And again, it, 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 I think that was sort of the magic of C2 and 3. Yeah. Because it did feel sort of still very, it felt big, but also homey at the same time. It felt like you could approach certain people. And we had like the lead singer of Filter, like approach us in a restaurant and get his That's picture right. taken with us. Um, and it was, it was just this fun kind of cool thing where, you, you know, you never knew what was going to happen. And it was great. We even like, we, I think in C3, we went to some bar after uh, the convention, which had a lot of the people who had like one or two lines in the Empire Strikes Back <laughs> um, yeah, hanging yeah. out and got and you know, it was great to hear these old guys just complaining about it. And it was it was fantastic. So, yeah, Ken, Ken will love this. My favorite thing, Patrick, was when Steve Sansweet would take us back to the area before they released the special celebration action oh. figure. Yeah. And they yeah. would give us like literally boxes and it's like, just grab one. And yeah, I just, oh, like, we still I had got... to pay for it. It wasn't free, but yeah. Oh, no, you, no, you, yeah. It wasn't yeah, yeah. free or anything, but you you yeah. would just be able to get it before. And I, and of course, I have them still because. Yeah, which I'm is cool guy. because we weren't going to, we, again, we were doing like four or five shows a day. We didn't have the opportunity to go and get stuff. So it was very kind right. of uh, Steve mm -hmm. to do that. And Steve was always great. I mean, he's the one that, uh, you know, sort of re energized the interest in the show. And then it was after yeah. that at C2 that, you know, we sort of went, um, I, I kind of got a bug up my uh, rather large butt to say, let's, we have this thing, let's ride this and see if we can actually go and perform it at Skywalker Ranch. It's like, oh, it's yeah. probably not going to happen, but let's just try and do it. 
And so we pushed and asked Steve and said, hey, is this a thing you all be interested in? And he goes, yeah. And he set it up so that we performed it at Skywalker Ranch for, for George Lucas and everybody there. And then the next day we performed it at ILM. Mm-hmm. And it was just incredible because, again, first off, George Lucas has the softest hands you will ever <laughs> imagine. I mean, it's really, it's really okay. supple and fantastic. And his hair, <laughs> as a bald man, yeah. his hair is the most beautiful hair you will ever see on a man's head. I mean, it's so luxurious. It's, uh, yeah, it's amazing. But again, it was cool just to, you know, to do this weird thing that's sort of in honor of this guy. But there's, you know, there's a few takes in it that are, you know, poking a little bit. And just to see him laughing and enjoying it and then talking to us for a long time afterwards, uh, that was super cool. And again, all because of Steve Sansweet. Uh, He kept coming to the ILM shows day later. George did, or yeah, George, George did. He snuck in at one point um, to watch it again at the back of uh, ILM. Isn't that right, Patrick? Yeah, I believe so. And and and, and then and his, then we yeah. He brought his uh, son or his daughter. I can't remember. I thought that was what I remember, oh. but I might be mixing it up with other times. Wow, that's yeah. Because that... we got invited back like a few years later too to do something connected to some promotion thing, and that's where the picture we have with George Lucas came from. It was this. It was this yeah. crazy. I, it's a Presidio. Yeah, at the Presidio, for, uh, which they just revenge. bought, and uh, they had wow. this weird, like, uh, Jabba cantina interior with contortionists and lighting and all kinds of weird stuff. It was super cool. Like, yeah. we did our little show in like a like a little conference, like in a conference room, like two hundred people or so, That's- and then they had this big party afterwards. It was great. Yeah, no, you 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 guys are talking about some wonderful things here. You're just going back to the celebration stuff. There, I, I think even though it's changed over the years, and and um. And, and whatnot, and definitely, you know, gotten bigger and everything. And it's and these are events. Even San Diego Comic Con is an event, and studios look forward to these days, and they plan marketing around them. That's big, but the community remains strong and remains intimate, and I think that's still present. So I like I like yeah. hearing that story that that was present there. Um, now, and I've seen that picture of George. Uh, I didn't know. I, I thought that was the the only time. I loved that this was a you, he. I I, don't, I think I forgot the detail that this that was the second time around George. Um, I, I don't want you guys to share any details of wonderful private conversations you had with George that you earned, um, but that's pretty cool. There's no denying it's George, and to be around George would probably knock your socks off a bit. Mark, uh, for a little Star Wars kid playing in the backyard by himself, what did that mean to you uh, oh, to, to talk to George? God, I, that was I, I, I was running around Lucas uh, Skywalker Ranch that, that whole time saying this is a dream come true this is this is a dream yeah. come true like i just thought that, that, that like the, the world was endless in front of me i was like ah, I, I met george lucas i mean i i'll never write a star wars movie but i i'm going i am here connected somehow yeah. and then i'll i'll never forget you know the the play is so charming and so much fun it's because of you don't know where we're coming from yeah. you know there's somebody back there there's somebody running over here and i was able to do my obi-wan and get a beat on George doing the play. So I'm over here going, he will learn patience. And I see the reaction from yeah. George looking around. <laughs> and I went, I said, this is, that was me who said that. And it's George Lucas. And, yeah. you know, and, and then laughing so hard, uh, talking and everything. And then Patrick, I, my, my favorite thing when you're like, if you need any help cutting down the movies, uh, let me know. <laughs> And it was just a wonderful, wonderful experience. It meant the world to me. It's still one of my, yeah. you know, I didn't know I had it on my bucket list, but there it is. 
There it is. And Patrick, for you, a kid growing up in Nebraska, writes this thing uh, to to stand before the creator, capital T and capital C. Uh, anything you, you took from that specifically? Did he say pay pay any respect to you as a writer that you you just hang on the, on the wall in a plaque or was it just uh, overall just a whirlwind experience? It, it was a whirlwind. But again, he was just so flattering and said how funny it was. And, and the thing that was sort of nuts for us is like after that, we did it. Um, we did it uh, at the Coronet in Los Angeles. And so there was yeah. a CNN reporter, this great guy, David Daniel, who was doing a piece on us. And he was able to catch George Lucas at some event and ask mm-hmm. him about our show. And so he's like saying this on camera. So, so I can say one thing and make up anything that George Lucas said that, you know, Patrick, you're the greatest writer director I've ever seen. You're the next Orson Welles, not just in weight and baldness. But um, it's one of those things where we have on tape him saying how funny it is, hilarious. And the greatest thing about that is it starts on a tight shot on uh, George Lucas and he's talking to someone, telling him how funny it is and how great it is. And then it pulls back and he's telling that to Steven Spielberg. And it's just one of those things where, you know, it's, it's like to, to, to ever imagine that anything you do would be a reference point for two of the greatest filmmakers of all time who just changed the entire game and changed the entire world. And that my thing, not only that I sort of created, is a thing that's making fun and having fun with that thing. It's, 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 it's so weird. You know, it's one of those things that, you know, there's no way anybody could have predicted it or mm-hmm. thought I, there's no way as a kid, I thought, yeah, someday I'm going to keep getting to pretend to be a kid being not that I dreamt of being Yoda. I always dreamt of being Han Solo, but you take what you can get. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, to be at my age, still goofing around as a kid in front of people who are, you know, digging it is, is the greatest thing. Uh, that's wonderful stuff. No, that's a, that's an amazing Amazing clip, and there's still time to do Indian thirty. We can, we can, we can do Indiana Jones in thirty, right, boys? Maybe yeah, yeah. nine minutes. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> you guys come back for um, the the Star Wars saga in sixty, uh, which is where I, like I said, I saw it too. Uh, we here at Force Center absolutely love the prequels. We love diving in. We love everything about the themes and what George tried to do. But they are without a doubt full of. Uh, memorable moments, maybe sometimes not for the uh, you know right reasons. If you know you know you guys all know what I yeah. mean. Um, so putting it together, um, it's a different time too, not just the prequel era, but even now where so many so much uh, so so many times I think I find what I could just be laughing at, poking at fun at Star Wars because I did it as a kid too, uh, can be weaponized. It's something we've been talking about here in yeah. Unfortunately a lot recently, where you can take what would be just a harm harmless joke and turn it into a harmful discussion point about star Wars. And that's, that's kind of the nature of discourse, the nature of online um, discussions, all that kind of stuff. Um, but all, all that to say, uh, when, when you're sitting down to pull out the mem- memorable moments from the prequels, did you ride that line, whether or not you loved them, hated them, didn't like them then appreciate them now. I don't necessarily care about that in terms of the, the, the answer here. I just want to know, how did you approach that Patrick? When you're like, I know there's a lot of, people that don't like these and there's a generation that loves these how did you ride that line well it was i mean obviously the prequels didn't mean as much to me as the original trilogy did because you know the original trilogy hit me as a kid and just sort of changed my dna um with the prequels though you know i had kids at the time especially my oldest who was loving the prequels and that was sort of a guiding force i didn't want to do the pun but that's what happened here so i apologize i'm a dad so it's a dad joke um but uh i wanted to i want to do the same thing i did with the original 30 and that's was make sure the story sort of would be told in a way where people could kind of get what was going on even if they hadn't seen the films i wanted to hit stuff that i think we could do in a funny way 
that you're doing it super fast. And that's the joke from it. There's certain stuff I did want to highlight that, you know, like some dialogue or if done in a weird way, it, it you realize kind of that's silly, um, which is the same thing what we do with the original trilogy. Right, um, but right. I didn't oh. want to, I didn't want to take, you know, easy, you know, uh, pot shot jokes with it all. And what I got mm-hmm. super lucky we had James Mathis III, who is this phenomenal actor and voice artist who does like Black Panther, all this kind of stuff. We got him involved with the show and uh, he ended up doing Jar Jar, which is obviously a lightning rod for many, yeah. many reasons, uh, rightfully, wrongfully, the whole shebang. Yeah. And what he did with that character is he brought such a level of dignity and respect because, again, I didn't want to wade into, you know, just a mocking, joking thing. And plus, everybody's done it. So, I mean, it's just like, why, why would you do that? Yeah. But and as a creative, it's like, yeah, you want to go to yeah. new territory, even if you're saying something. Exactly. And then, so we had this actor come in, James, who was just just a phenomenal actor, period. But again, he he just brought this sort of thing to Jar Jar. It's like, oh, that's cool. That, that's a whole sort of different vibe. That's, you know, mm-hmm. we aren't going to go for the stupid, you know, sort of make fun of Jar Jar joke. There's something sort of cool here. And, and that's, you know, it's. Yeah. The same thing if we do 90, it's the same thing, you know, where we threw in like when we threw in the holiday special when we did that, when we did the 60, (laughs) you know, there's certain things we want to have fun with and play with, but understand that it's coming from a good place. Like none of us is none of the even if it's making fun of a certain bit of dialogue or delivery that the actor does or even, you know, uh, the whole Luke Skywalker saying Carrie, you know, that kind of thing. It's 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 those things that we're doing with the best of intentions and the best of humor, because, again, we're living in a world whichever side you're on, I think we can all agree is pretty toxic and yeah. pretty rough for everybody. And, and to add to that meanness um, mm. is not something we want to do. We're just out there to have fun and do our little goof, you know, and, and, and have fun with Star Wars in a way that hopefully everybody can walk away from feeling like they yeah. were entertained. Yeah. I, I love that answer, Patrick. I really love that answer. answer. I, I, no one should want to add to the meanness. That's a great way to live life and write your Star Wars place. Yeah. That's why I like Patrick. Yeah. Why I, 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 I constantly want to uh, hang with him, do Star Wars and other things. Yeah, no, that, that's wonderful. And, and yeah, and, and I saw it in, and I remember, I, you know, I saw it in about, uh, do you remember what year that was, Mark? It was before the Schmoes podcast really launched properly. So it was probably late 2011, 2012 range, right? Am I remembering that right? Uh, when we did 2012. The, the yeah. 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 12. That makes it sense. Around that time. Yeah. Because we yeah. went... To, that was when we really, I felt the the Star Wars saga, sure, um, but we got the big theater, mm-hmm. and it was like, what are we yeah. doing right now? Yeah, My gosh, that's like, I mean, it was it went from like 200, 500, 100 at Coronets and some to like 2,500 or something at yeah. that. At yeah, in Orlando, it was 2,500 a night, and yeah. we packed it every night. And then, and then there was also the time night. we did Comic-Con. We did Comic-Con, oh, where we, right. and that was 4,000. So yeah. that was uh, super cool. And again, the, so the just one of the weird benefits of getting to do a goofy play like this. It's just like I never yeah. thought, you know, get in free to Comic-Con to do a goofy show. <laughs> right. Grow, yeah, yeah, we, that's a perk. We all grew up nerds by ourselves, not knowing that this that would be a good asset to, to, uh, to our existence uh, later yeah. on in life. Uh, <laughs> Mark, for you, at that time. You know, you and I talk a lot via text and, and phone conversations off air about our relationship with the prequels. And I, and I mean it when I say it. I love those three films. Love yeah. everything George did in them, warts and all. But it wasn't always there. It wasn't always sure. seen what was there. But uh, you're kind of, you share a similar story uh, to me, I know. Yeah. In seeing that, was there anything about what Patrick and, and everyone put together for Star Wars in 60 
that was able to highlight something that, like he's saying with with James's performance, the Jar Jar. Oh, that's a different angle on it, uh, a different way to approach it, or a different joke. And it wasn't just the same pot shots. It wasn't just the same bad critiques or bad faith uh, pizza roll based critiques. Uh, it, it is. Did you did you come out of it, you know, enjoying parts of the prequels that at the time you hadn't seen before, only because you yeah. got to see these boiled down elements? Yeah, it, it's again just like he did with Star Wars Thirty. You know, grabbing the the heart of the story is key for this thing. And, you know, yeah, you might want to include the Battle of Hoth, Patrick, or even certain things from the prequels that we're talking about. But when you walk away from that one, for me, yeah, I got to chew the scenery as as emperor. And I love that. And so getting into that kind of story, when you realize it is him, that inspires my whole sense of story just as a writer, where I can look at the prequels differently going, yeah, you know, Phantom Menace. When that title came out, a lot of us went, huh? But then when you look at the history of Lucas and what he did in the in the movies that he grew up with, the Flash Gordons and the serials, you hear Phantom Menace, you go, yeah, that makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. You watch the movie, it's completely different than the original trilogy. It's something that's over and through the play, mm-hmm. you see that story. You hear the stories of what Lucas was trying to do, and you see the character step forward and go, this makes so much more sense to me. And then you have the conversations there where just our own Star Wars family having kids, Patrick, you know, they're watching the prequels and growing up with it. Can you and me uh, connecting in a way over our love of Star Wars across the board and then meeting fans of the prequel era when we talk about it, whether it's on Force Center or my own Riley's Cantina or back in Collider on Schmoes? No, we have this, so many fans, and it's there in... Star Wars saga mm-hmm. and in 16, I miss, I wish we could do it. We just didn't have the it bandwidth to get it together. You know, I, well, I would, I would be curious. Yeah. You know, again, I know we, we're here talking about Star Wars trilogy in 30, which will be at sure. Star Wars celebration. Um, but I, I would be so curious if, if now, cause even if, even in 2012, that is a different time for the prequel generation fans. They were still young. They're still teens They're still whatever it may be. If you were to perform it now, I, I bet you and your cast would would um, not be surprised or blown away, but probably get more out of it than you would even think by that generation reacting to the uh, he's no oh, good yeah. to be dead versions of the prequels that um, that were, are there. You write them, you put them in, you've done your your job and approach it in a great way with good intentions, like Patrick said. I I almost I, I want that to happen, and I I need to be there because <laughs> I need to see the <laughs> generation go. Hey, finally they get it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Be a fun journey to, to, to well, and that's and that's why we sort of put it off for so long because like uh, like when we did the Skywalker thing and when we did the coronet, like George Lucas even in some like interview about it said that he wants us to do all six when they were done, and we didn't do it immediately when they're done because it's got to accumulate some sort of pop culture footprint, and that footprint yeah. has just grown for those prequels as yeah. the years have gone on. In the same way that the original trilogy did, maybe not as big as the original trilogy, because again we had like eight movies when we were kids, and the, <laughs> they were those were three of them. Um, yeah, but right. um, it's it's one of those situations where the prequels have grown and only more so. And as we see with Obi Wan, and as we see with everything else that sort of interacts and connects with that whole thing, and even the even with the sequels. I mean, it's it, whether again, I I don't know that the sequels um, will be a, as embraced as the prequels are now, when the prequels were as ridiculed and lambasted during their time. But they very well might because there's kids who were growing up with those at the right time. And there's parts of the sequels that I think are fantastic that I absolutely love. And same thing with the prequels. And again, nothing moves my heart as much as 
yeah. you know, the original trilogy. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm watching every episode of Mandalorian. I'm watching every episode of Boba Fett. You know, I'm I'm there. You know, and if and if yeah. it doesn't fully appeal to me, that's okay. There's something else coming yeah. down the pipeline. You know, and and maybe that'll be the next thing. I mean, Rogue One. Yeah. Holy crap! That thing is extraordinary. I love that film beyond belief. It is. It, mm-hmm. it shouldn't yeah. be as good as it is, especially with the ending yeah. that it has. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it is. It's a glorious film. Like every moment you meet a character, you immediately love them, and you can't say that with uh, yeah. almost yeah. any other film. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. And that's the reason Rogue One has uh, even grown. It obviously made a lot of money, and obviously was uh, relatively well received in 2016. But I think the love for that film has grown uh, in the five years now, five six years, which Even is more so. Think, yeah, yeah, crazy to think that we're already that far removed from it. Yeah, because and I, th- I think in a lot of ways, uh, so fast. So there we go. Rogue One in ten will be the follow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I also want. I I did want that. I mean, again, I might be giving away the game, but I mean, like if we do a Rogue One, I mean, it's just great because you just immediately have everybody die. You know, and uh, you know, it's just like boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Uh, this has been a wonderful discussion. I, we could talk for hours and hours. Uh, I love uh, hearing the behind the scenes story here uh, of, of, of the entire story of the show. But we are uh, going to be wrapping up the conversation here. And I want all of you four center listeners. We I know a lot of you are heading to Star Wars Celebration. And again, I know there's a lot of choice. I feel like a local newsman. There's a lot of local choices in your local news. Thanks for choosing us. But I really implore you. Get on out to the fan stage Friday night, 6 p.m. Look, you don't have to worry. You're not going to miss one of the big panels where they're going to unveil the new, uh, you know, Taika Waititi movie. That's going to be in the morning. You're going to want to go see this show, have a laugh, celebrate Star Wars, and head to the bars, Disneyland, Bubba Gump Shrimp, wherever you want to go. A lot of choices. in it. I I implore you to catch the show. It is so fun. So fun. Again, Friday, 6 p.m., fan stage, Star Wars trilogy in 30 minutes. Patrick, Mark, thank you for coming on the show. Any final thoughts, anything you want to say to the crowd and the audience, hopefully the ones who will be attending at Star Wars Celebration. Patrick? Uh, no, just thank you for having us on. This has been a blast. I've really enjoyed the heck out of it, and uh, we hope to see a lot of people there. You know, please come up to us. Uh, say if you liked it, didn't like us. You know, you can you can kick Yoda in the gut, whatever. You know, we're, we're, we're cool with anything. So, a, yeah, uh, we'll we're, take a we're picture happy to be there. Punch Patrick in the gut. <laughs> it wouldn't be the first $5. time. But, yeah. <laughs> And I'll I'll be in the crowd yelling McClunky until security yeah. gets me taken out. No, um, before the show, I would I would never interrupt the show. Okay, cool. Thank you. So <laughs> would do that. Uh, Mark, uh, thank yeah. you for your force center. Always fun to talk Star Wars with you. Uh, can't wait to see you and, and celebrate down there at Star Celebration. But any final thoughts for you as you head towards this big uh, you know reunion performance? Yeah, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to. I'm I'm being there. My world is colliding down at celebrations. I have all my favorite people there. Ken, you're going to be there. Patrick, we're going to get to perform and yeah come on out the fan stage um if you do miss it but for whatever reason i i would behoove yeah. me not to mention as a producer on this thing that we are going to have uh other ways to see it check our following on uh social media at riley around uh yeah. and at uh patrick t gorman right patrick yeah that, that'd be probably the best way to go or you know we, we have stuff on instagram we have stuff on facebook but again yeah uh, we are gonna we, we we're gonna do a limited run here in los angeles around celebrations so yeah. if uh people want to check us out please come out and see us you'll have a good time and uh, it'll be a lot of fun there you go you burbank locals or you la locals go see yeah. the show and head over to bob's big boy all right yes. get a burger and a shake and talk star wars uh there you go uh, follow them as they said give them a follow on twitter uh tell them force center sent you and again friday night 6 p.m star wars celebration fan stage 
going to be a lot of fun. Star Wars trilogy in 60 minutes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for letting me uh, get excited about celebration. These last two episodes of spotlight star Wars got a big star Wars rank coming. Uh, We are uh, getting ready for Kenobi going to be a lot of fun and so many things to discuss here. So thank you for listening. You can follow us on Twitter at force center pod. Don't forget we're on Instagram, YouTube as well. Facebook page is force center podcast. You can get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash force center, get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash force center. And you could support us directly at patreon.com slash force center. Follow me at cat Use the hashtag spotlight star Wars. If you want to reach out directly about this episode, uh, go to my website, catapsock.com for more information on things like my book, why we love star Wars or upcoming stand updates like June 4th at Doug Weston's troubadour in Los Angeles. That's it for now, my friends. We'll see you at star Wars celebration. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.